and welcome to the Hush Little Darling Sleep Podcast. My name is Gemma Reynolds. I'm a certified sleep consultant that specializes in baby and childhood sleep related issues. And on this episode, we're going to be talking all about the dreaded overtiredness and how I'm going to be telling you, actually, it doesn't really exist. What? Shock, shock, horror. No, that is a little bit cheeky because it does exist. But as a sleep consultant that's been doing this for around two and a half years, I can say that there is probably a handful of clients that I've worked with where their babies are actually overtired. It tends to be the opposite. And I find it so interesting that on my social media and in my consultations, I would say that 80% of the parents that I speak with talk about how their baby is just unable to tolerate the wake windows that they're supposed to and they become upset and fractious and so they feel that they cannot make the wake windows that I or other sleep consultants or other books or things online that they have suggested And I would say that this is becoming a big thing in society. I find that as a society, we are obsessed with how well a baby sleeps and how well a baby eats. And they're the two main things that we really focus on when it comes to when people have a baby. And I think we all fall into this trap of being so scared of overtiredness. I'm going to delve a little bit deeper into why sleep consultants really talk a lot about overtiredness. And it begins when we first become freshly new sleep consultants and we're all guilty of it we all when we first start out we go onto other sleep consultants social media pages we have a little nosy and we go oh what's doing well what do people enjoy reading and looking about and oftentimes posts around overtiredness get high engagement rates and why that matters is that when we are a business on Instagram our followers are our potential clients so if we have a post that is doing really well high engagement it gets pushed out to more people using the algorithm which in turn boosts our followers which in turn will bring us new clients so A lot of sleep consultants use overtiredness posts because it actually gets a lot of engagement and it also, it kind of takes the onus of them to have to give actual big answers of why things are happening. And this isn't a podcast to trash other sleep consultants because I was 100% guilty of doing it myself when I first qualified. I literally thought, oh, overtiredness, I'll do a post on that because it does really well and didn't really think it through. And also you have to remember that when you're newly qualified or certified, we've just gone through all of our training and everything in that training tends to be around theory and books and we've not got very much real world experience at that point and obviously the textbooks and the things that we learn are all real about overtiredness because it does exist contrary to what I said at the beginning it does exist but it just tends to be quite rare and so it's I find that sleep consultants use it for for that reason because they're using their theory and but also they know that that does 
really well. And then obviously this perpetuates the problem because if people, new parents are looking on Instagram or social media and all they're seeing is around overtiredness, then they become worried about overtiredness. I would say so many parents come to me and say, I'm just so scared that they're overtired. I'm just so scared of pushing them too far and they're going to become overtiredness and it'll make the sleep issues worse. And so we're in this perpetual cycle. I would also say that as a parent, and I was guilty of it too, that great, if someone is telling me on a social media post to put my child down early, because I I have been there where I've counted down the seconds until nap time or bedtime, that if a post is telling you to keep your child up longer or put them down earlier, as a parent, you're probably going to choose put them down earlier because who isn't going to want to do that? Who isn't going to want a hot cup of tea and some toast and a little bit of a reset? But also... As I mentioned at the beginning, I find as a society, we are obsessed with feeding and sleeping and that's it. That's all we care about with babies. And we forget that even very young babies and infants actually need entertaining too. So I often will describe that there's a little bit of a barrier hitting a little bit of a wall around, let's say a four month old is starting to hit that barrier around an hour and a half. And a five month old might start hitting that barrier around two hours where they're a little bit fractious, they start rubbing their eyes and they start getting really irritable. And this can look like classic tiredness signs. So I completely understand why parents get this mixed up. But oftentimes there's a disconnect between their brain being tired and their body being tired. They're very tiny. So little movements can tire them out. So I'm not disputing that they can be tired at that point, but they are just not tired enough to take really good sleep. And they are maybe just a little bit bored rather than super, super tired. They're just a little bit bored and fed up of their environment and they need things changing up. They need, you know, you to pull out that special sensory toy. They need to move to a different environment. They need some fresh air rather than jumping straight to the, oh, they must be tired and we must put them down straight away because we don't want them to get overtired. Maybe just see and eke it out 10, 15 more minutes to see if they just needed a change of environment. And we also need to see sleep and sleep pressure as a big shiny red balloon. And in order for a child to take a good nap and sleep well at bedtime, that balloon needs to be nice and full. So when they first wake up in that morning, the balloon is very low, deflated, and they need time to build that balloon back up. And any naps they have decreases that balloon. And so by bedtime, we need that balloon to be really nice and perfect in order for that night sleep to be really a good quality night sleep. And oftentimes I find that I would say 60% of the sleep issues I see tend to be around sleep pressure issues. They tend to be more often than not that babies either need less daytime sleep or they actually need longer wake windows between their naps or between that last nap and bedtime. 
And so I would say before getting one-to-one help with any sleep consultant, I would start looking at your wake windows and seeing if your baby is actually being pushed to where they should be. And obviously we don't want to push them too far. We don't want to burst that balloon because that is a thing with overtiredness that it can create more issues. But genuinely, I would say 80% of the people that come to me tend to have their sleep in the wrong place so that before getting any one-to-one help with any sleep consultant is definitely my biggest piece of advice that you go and check today i hope this has been a little bit of an insight it's made you stop and think another thing to look at is feeding because i see so many cereal catnappers and snack eaters and this means that they're never fully full and they're never fully rested and so they become irritable they get cranky they're crying they're fussy so we place them down because they're visibly upset and we start thinking that they must be tired and then they take another short nap which then in turn creates this cycle throughout the day and by the end of the day they are just really really irritable which is that classic witching hour because they're hangry for one they've never had a full full tummy through the day and then the other thing is that they're just super tired by that point because they've never been fully rested so I know as a society we seem obsessed with how tired and how hungry babies are but I would just like to say, let's not forget around play and entertainment with babies as well. It's still really important for babies, newborns, very young infants that they have some form of entertainment. And so pull out a big box of sensory toys, bring out the big guns and push those wake windows to where you can get them as your child is growing don't forget to move those wake windows longer as well because i find that a lot of parents tend to stick with the same wake windows for a very long time and obviously that's going to have a negative effect on sleep as well i hope this has been very interesting for you and i hope it's been something that's made you think and uh, thank you for joining me and i hope to speak with you all soon sleep well